Producer Doug here. I just want to talk about Pop Culture Classroom. They are the ones that put on Denver Comic Con, and we want to help support them so that we can keep bringing you all this amazing audio, such as panels and interviews from Denver Comic Con. So let's get right into it. Pop Culture Classroom inspires a love of learning, increases literacy, celebrates diversity, and builds community through the tools of popular culture and the power of self-expression. They envision individuals transformed by the educational power of popular culture who create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities. They provide quality service to kids and communities, respect, inclusive, and diversity, uh, quality of opportunity, alternative approaches to education, and they recognize each person's intrinsic dignity and importance through open communication, responsibility, and honesty. Did I sound like I read that off the website? I absolutely did, because... Well, I did. I want to get everything right for them because they are fantastic. I recommend going to their website and donating just to keep them going. This fantastic program, plus everything to do for the community, uh, literacy, respect, and of course, Denver Comic Con, so we can bring you all of this stellar guests and panels and Q&As and interviews. So remember, go to popcultureclassroom.org, click on the donate, or just take a spin around their website and check it out. And now, on with the show. Editor before I found the right agent. So um, I, 
take unsolicited manuscripts, not all publishers do. And that's how I, I was in the slush pile, and the intern who is now one of the editors that I work with, she found my novel and took it to the, one of the other editors I also work with and said, this, this is the book. And so um, I was, I published for probably five, six years without an agent. I just didn't feel like I needed one. And I do now have one, and I've been through a few. Um, so that's kind of my publishing thing. I'm Rebecca Yaros. Um, I write uh, new middle romance, contemporary romance. I also write general fiction. So I'm sliding Irma Kenson and my agent will help me too. So we'll talk about in a second. Um, I always wrote, but my computer crashed and I had this manuscript and I would be so angry because I'm not tech savvy. So I wrote my first complete manuscript when my husband was in Afghanistan on his third tour. Um, I wrote it page night. So his bed and a decorated case is up my job then. Page night had a book at the end of the year. Um, I queried it, I was rejected 30 times, which is not a lot. Shockingly, it feels like a lot. And I can tell you, uh, we were coming home from a Canadian hockey tournament with boys hockey when I got my first rejection. I can tell you exactly what it said, exactly how I felt, and it was this realization like, oh, so it's not going to be easy. Awesome. Okay, because I had this picture of it. It was amazing, and I went, like, their book is like their case ready. Um, so that book uh, actually did give me my first agent for the query trenches, but it didn't sell. My second book I wrote um, sold immediately and published within like six months. It was insane. Um, he came home with fourth planet like right when it published. I will tell you the, oh, the story I'll tell you is my second agent. My agent is a very well, very well known agent. And when I met her the first time, I hadn't published, and she spoke to me, but handed me her business card, but I was nowhere on her radar. Not nearly cool enough to know her. And then a couple years later, I was at RT. RT is a giant conference. My name is Starbucks, and I look over, and she's standing next to me. And I looked at her and said, Good kids, first off, they're good in there. I thought, I'm going to be a baby. She's like, Holy shit, you're going to be So I'm like, Holy shit, you're going to be scary. She's like, Holy shit, I am. She's from South Africa, it's a beautiful accent. I'm like, Yes, you are. And then she's like, You know, what's your name? They're about the Aros. And she's like, Can get a rejection and an email and anything to your face. So um, she's like, no, I loved it, I loved it. And she found it to that agent. She ended up signing me at RT without ever having read any picture. Like, I gave her an idea. She went back and read my first book, so I get two out. And within 24 hours, I vetted my social media, my editor, my publisher, found everyone about me and offered to sign me at RT. I mean, weird. Absolutely. You were there.
publishers who accepted unagented submissions, which is maybe not the best idea. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, the, the publishing house had express, expressed interest in uh, my first book, and um, at the same time, I was talking to a couple of agents who were also interested in representing me. And so, typically, they'd, ra they'd rather pitch your book to a bunch of different houses, but kind of when you already have a contract, that can get more bad. Um, but anyway, um, I. I didn't go with a couple that were interested because I knew I wanted to write for adult, um, an adult audience as well, and that's something to keep in mind if you think you might want to write for a YA and adult or multiple genres. You really want to make sure when you research agents that they cover all those bases you think you're interested in. Some, well, one of the agents, I, she was great and, and you know, a really great agent, but she only wanted to do middle grade picture books and YA, and I knew that wouldn't be a fit. So anyway, um, as I was working with um, my editor, I, I told her that I was trying to find an agent, and she said, hmm, okay. And then the next thing I know, I got an email from the woman who became my agent who said, hey, Liz told me about you and thought I should, should we should chat. Liz is our publisher. So we chatted on the phone, and it worked. It just was a click, too. I think that's the other thing. I'm sure you can tell stories of if maybe you saw it with somebody who's not a victim for you, but you really have to have that. Oh, I have stories. That somebody loves Somebody loves your work, what you're doing, and you, and shares that vision, because um, you're going to work closely with them. And I'm the type of person who needs someone to talk me off the ledge and tell me that I don't suck. And, and you know, she provides all of that. Plus, she's a great agent and great business and all of that. So, anyway. I, so technically, I sold my first book without an agent, and then we signed after that. Uh, my fifth book just came out in May. I think that's a good segue really fast. Agents is a two you click with. Just like the person sitting next to you, if you know them, hopefully you like them. If you don't know them, just so you might not click with them. Just because they're an agent doesn't mean they're going to fit your personality. I am completely anti-confrontational. Can't do it. I'm like, yes. That. My agent is a pit bull. She's known for being a pit bull. She's known for being ridiculously mean and great for her author. So the point where she called me when I was getting to take her and said, You're my author. I love you. I care about you. You're my author. I just don't care. So, and that's her personality. I need that. Cindy is driven and self motivated and will put the hammer to you. So she needs someone who will actually. I'm super opinionated. <laughs> her a little bit, you know. Um, and like, funny enough, her agent, we did talk and we clashed. Um, and I love her, and we've talked since then, since I went a different way, and she's still totally respectful, but like, I was just like, you and I will like have fireworks, and I don't want to be fighting you the whole time. Uh, so that's, yeah, she just wasn't a good fit for me. She's an amazing fit for her. Um, I had an, an one agent I signed with my first one. I thought she was going to be amazing. We clicked on the phone, and then it was clear we were not on the same path, and everyone loved her, and I was like, I'm crazy, but she's a handful of agent. I don't need my hand told I want you to sell my shit. That's like seriously how I am. And I, that's how, you know, and funny enough, my agent now, we have the same agent. I don't know if you knew that. I recently said that with I just went with her in January. It's the first time I was like, this is why people have an agent. She's somehow a hand holder and like badass. And a badass. But she, yeah, she's just like, and she's the first agent that I've ever had who could keep up with me. Like, I can hardly keep up with her sometimes. And I'm like, I don't understand how you do this. All other agents, it was like they couldn't keep up with me. I would say I want 
one one thing and they'd be like, okay, and then nothing would get done. I don't do all of that because I get my stuff done. What's, sure. a, what's a normal structure between an agent, uh, agent and a book writer? I mean, is there a normal? I think it depends on what you need. So that's a good thing. Do you guys know what an agent does? All right, so an agent is like, used to be the gatekeeper. Like you never got published without an agent because you know the big houses don't take submissions unless you have one. Yeah. So what an agent does is they're responsible for selling your book to publishing houses. So because you can't walk up to, you know, Penguin, Penguin House, or you know, Miller, or anybody and say, hi, publish my book. They're like, ha ha, okay. So an agent is responsible for presenting your book to the best editor who will fit that book. Because there's multiple editors in multiple houses and they negotiate your contract. So they negotiate your royalty rate, your advance, your rights, what you keep and what you give away, okay? I also, if you publish, my agent represents my foreign sales on my indie books. So books that don't go through my publisher, she'll go sell them to foreign markets. Not the same for me, yeah. I'll keep my rights and make most of my money on my indie books when I do through Amazon or you know, Barnes and Noble and iBooks, but if I want to sell foreign rights or iBooks, she'll take them and shop them too. So it's kind of some of the, the best of both worlds. So for structure, um, do you mean by communication or do you mean like relationship? Or okay. what, what, are they pushing to finish this by a certain time? Are they looking no. at what, what are they? My agent has my back. Um, at all times, my dad got diagnosed with stage four cancer and she called my publisher and was like, she's not signing that contract. He's waiting. And so I call her up and I'm saying, hey, this is what is going on, and she takes the heat for me. Her job is to go and negotiate on my behalf. She never pressures me to finish a book. She never pressures me to write it a certain way, except in length for, um, for shelf space. When you publish traditionally, there's only so much shelf space. So, and they might say something like, like you have an idea, and they'll say, I really love that, but with what's going on right now on social media or in the news, that's gonna be some proper gonna have problems with that stuff. So she's not saying don't write that, but she's saying it might be a problem. Or they might say that's not really with your brand, or your brand's gotten really scattered and we need to put it. It's our favorite thing is my agent, I told her, I said, you know, I'm a urban fantasy writer, like a second contemporary, because I wrote a contemporary book on a fluke and it took off. And uh, so now I have to write contemporary. And I'm like, I'm an urban fantasy author. She's like, not this mother, you're not. So they will guide you for the, you know, for the advantage of your career. But they will, they should never push you. If you have an agent on the phone yelling you to finish your book, wrong agent. Unless, you know, it's like you're, you're going to have to pay back a $20,000 advance tomorrow. If you have to book in, then that might be where they're like, that's very nice. We feel sorry that you're going through, going through this, but you need to get your butt on the computer and write. Right. Like that might be your arm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. There are those exceptions I can't think you can do whatever. Right. Very few. It's tough luck. But your agent's in your corner, so she's arguing with you to finish a book like that, so it's in your interest. And they also go, oh my gosh, I know exactly what editors are looking for that. Mm -hmm. I know that that editor doesn't want anymore like that. Um, you know, oh, you know, can we twist this? Because wedding books are over. We, I just had that happen. Like, publishers just said they're sick of weddings, so can we twist that to something else? My agent knows that, so we don't go get a Ten rejections. We fix it right fast at the proposal stage, and then yeah. Hey, can you talk at all about the uh, financial arrangement or the percentages that an agent gets? What is normative? 
I was like, indie publishing, what does that even mean? Okay. Well, it used to mean, indie publishing used to mean smaller publisher. But the thing is, you would say self-publishing and people would turn their nose up at you. Um, so they started calling it indie pub. So that, that's kind of thing. So now indie pub usually means self-publishing. Occasionally people will talk about indie pubbing with a smaller press that they might have a little more control over. So self-publishing, if you want to look at it from the perspective of income, you make more money if you can get it in the right hands. Because if you're not throwing your books out, Amazon, boy, I have friends who legit hit the New York Times every single time they self-publish a book. Their editors are just as professional, their proofreaders are just as professional, their covers are better. Like indie publishing puts the power in your hands. I do both, I have indie and, and trad. So you have the power to say I don't like that cover. You have the power to say I'm not gonna accept that edit. You have the power to control your release date, your marketing, um, the branding of the book. Traditional press don't have that freedom, but you also don't have the marketing money coming from a traditional publisher. Everything's on you, everything comes out. You're paying for the cover, you're paying for the editor. So, I, but before you even get to press, you could be out by brand, depending on how much you pay for your cover photo, your cover artist, the quality of people you work with. Um, when I indie publish a book, my editor is, I can't say how much she's slaughtering me, um, she's up over a thousand bucks. So, for, and she's my traditional editor who uh, independent, independent contracts for my indie work as well. So when people say indie, they're saying self-published. It's a whole different process with post And that's the thing is, you're like, that sounds awesome. I get more money. I get to pick all the cover. I get it. And it's awesome in some ways, but when you feel vulnerable about that book, you're the only person talking about it. I mean, you hire some people. You can do some PR. But like, you curl up in a ball and no one's talking about it, and that book dies. If I feel vulnerable about a book that I traditionally published, I still have a team of people constantly talking about it, constantly nominating it for um, all kinds of different things that only publishers can, through, even through Amazon, that's highlighted. So again, that pros and cons on both sides. Yeah. So when you're working with a publisher, is there different hurdles for trying to get like a standalone push through versus a trilogy or a series? And, and it depends on the publisher. It does. Typically, depending on genre, they prefer standalone options. They want to know how that first book is going to do before they commit to three books, especially when it comes to like advances and things like that, um, unless they are looking for a series, unless they just have their George R. R. Martin quit and they need someone to fill his shoes. Makes sense? Not with this series, but another <laughs> series. But take the same market. Um, they typically, what? After he's dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's, they really prefer standalones to see how you're going to do because you, to a publisher, like you're great and you're wonderful and your writing's awesome, but you are a commodity. And they want to make sure that the money they put in to invest in you will pay off. And for a while, you could only sell a YA series almost as a trilogy because that's, you know, Twilight was a trilogy and then the four. Um, Hunger Games was a trilogy. All those things, they, they were doing trilogies and sometimes they pushed authors to write three books and there weren't three books in there. And they struggled. There was the second book, kind of, nothing is happening. Somewhere long. Yeah. And so, but then, then shelf space got really limited. You know, so there's that. But then if you do indie pub, a lot of times you want series. Um, you kind of want them to read standalone, but you also want series because what you're doing is you're building your readership. And you don't want to put a ton of money into a book and then have it be a standalone because you just put a ton of money into it. So you want to put a ton of money into it and then immediately release books two and three. So IndiePub also 
almost always requires faster turnaround times. It means you they want you to be writing faster, to be releasing faster. Those books, those people are buying the books right away, and if you put all that money into it, they want the next one right then. So it's a little bit of a to keep your income up, to keep going, to keep popular and relevant. Um, completely different uh, part of the whole process. Uh, so I was at another panel where we pitched little, you know, YA book ideas, and mine got trashed. Oh, I, sorry. I and they they warned us, you know, oh. you will be held fully liable for the idea that you pitch and all that, you know. But um, it was very eye opening because I I work in a business world. I know how to do the elevator pitch, but not for stories. How how do we figure that out, refine it, or or where do we go to? Toss it out there to get less vicious feedback. Well, so. uh, you're, I think I, I hate to say it, but I mean, part of it, you really need thick skin. And I, I started with a very thin skin, like onion layer, right? And it's hard to have people. Some people are just gentler and they do a little sandwich, like, you know, this is great, and they work on this, and this part's good. And so yeah. people are just like, you suck. If you know the sandwich method, did you hear that? That's good critiquing. I actually tell people if you want to be Oreo, you take sandwich, Oreo. Good thing, this needs work. This was a little bit hard. Good thing. And I can sometimes like see my editor sandwich methoding me, and I know she's sandwich methoding me, but it still makes me feel better than if it's like you just need to fix all the stuff. Yeah. So for the pitch, like the specific elevator? So I, yeah. There's a couple different like methods. Basically, they want to know who the people are, how you care, and the stakes. And this kind of helps is with the query as well. I will tell you because I mentor pitchers. Um, the biggest thing I see when queries come across to me mentor for pitchers is that people forget their stakes. The stakes are what you lose. Like if you lose Skywalker, does it destroy the Death Star? It's gonna go round, blown lands up. If Adam Zardin doesn't kill anyone else, she's dead. You know, you have the stakes. That's what ups your ante. That's why you care. No one wants to read about the people who go for ice cream every Saturday and they don't want to. Sorry, that's why we read, right? And almost every query, like when I do offer to help with query, help through a conference, I can't do it as often as I'd like to. Yeah, the stakes are missing a lot. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.